It's time now for the morning line here on KMA. The Iowa legislature is wrapping up its third week of the 2024 General Assembly. With us on the line this morning with more on the happenings of the State House is State Representative Brent Sechrist of Council Bluffs. Good morning to you, Brent. Good morning, Mike. How are you? We're doing very well, and we trust you're doing well. And uh, I know that's been busy time for you and other legislators. Uh, let's start off by asking how you, would you describe the pace of the first three weeks of the session thus far? Well, you know, it, it's been kind of uh, frantic and at the same time slow. Uh, the governor has a proposal out there concerning the area education agencies that nobody was really consulted on, and that has generated a lot of uh, opposition, frankly. Uh, so that's been pretty time-consuming, but at the same time, it's slowed some other things down. But, um, you know, we're, we're gradually getting into our committee work. Bills are starting to come out of committee, and so things will get back uh, a little bit more normal in the next week or two, I think. Well, talking about this AEA bill, it's by far the most controversial bill, and it's, as you say, gotten the most lip service uh, so far in this session. What's the status of this bill this, thus far? Because the governor has scaled back some of that proposal, and there's word that the, the final form may be far different from what was originally proposed by the governor in the end. Well, actually, I think her uh, revised proposal is supposed to finally uh, be out in print today, uh, I believe, about two weeks after she said she was going to make some changes. I'm also told, because we haven't seen it yet, but maybe today that it's longer than the original bill. Uh, She has made some changes from what we understand, uh, but the basis of it remains the same, that uh, the money would go directly to the school districts who may or may not use the area education agencies for their services, particularly special education. Uh, The bigger issue, I think, for a lot of people is it takes away the local uh, boards of the nine AEAs and so on and puts all the power into the Department of Education in Des Moines, and there's a lot of resistance to that. So um, there have been some changes made that uh, I think if you're a supporter of the AEAs make it less onerous, but I still think there's a lot of concern, particularly from parents uh, who have children receiving those services, that those services could be uh, diminished if some of the school districts choose to spend their money outside of the area education agency. So um, I'd say within the next two weeks, we'll kind of have a feeling of what the final version would be, but it, it's, it's very controversial. There has been a lot of concerns expressed by, as you say, not only parents, but area superintendents about the services taken away, primarily from rural school districts. What sort of services are in danger right now uh, under the original proposal and any other proposal that might come out today? Uh, the original proposal would have uh, just said the area education agencies would be uh, concentrated on special education. And about 20% of what they do is what we call educational services or media and technology, which are things that school districts need for professional development or obviously different things in the technology field. Uh, I can tell you one glaring example is that after the tragedy in Perry, after the first responders were there, the next call went to the area education agency and in uh, the Des Moines area to send up crisis counselors and mental health professionals and so on. So, uh, those are some of the uh, services under the first proposal that would have gone away. I, I'm, I'm being told she's backed off a little on that and would only eliminate the media and technology services. But nonetheless, those are things school school districts enjoy. The the overall real concern is the, where, the way the AAs were set up is to have all the money go into a big pool 
so you could have a more equitable service across large and uh, small rural schools. And if some schools opt out of this under her plan, that would mean there's less funding available across the AEA. Uh, and uh, the concern is that would hurt the services that would be provided to rural schools. They very well may provide the services, but they may not be as robust because they'll there won't be as much money in the pot if the bigger schools take their money and do their own thing. Plus, in rural Iowa, it's hard to find a speech pathologist or an audiologist or a mental health crisis counselor. Uh, and the AEAs allow that kind of to co-op its, uh, itself so that those services are available. In the meantime, of course, uh, besides the AEA bill, the other education issue, uh, one of the other education issues is always supplemental state aid for K-12 schools or community colleges. What are you hearing about any sort of a rate set on uh, allowable growth for the K-12 schools or, and, again, community colleges for the coming fiscal year? Yeah, and we're supposed to address the uh, what they call SSA, uh, school supplemental aid, uh, within 30 days of the session, and we're so we've got about another week and a half to address that. Um, the governor recommended 2.5%. Uh, I think there's a strong feeling that we should be uh, at 3%, uh, but we have to see how that works in the budget. So um, I think probably by the end of next week, you'll see one uh, one chamber uh, take that issue up. Uh, I don't know if it'll be at 25 or 3%, uh, but I think there's, again, some strong feeling to do 3%. Uh, the community college funding is also at 2.5%. And, and again, I think a lot of people think that's uh, that's too low. And so we'll work that out. But that's not on a timeline. That's probably three weeks away before we make that decision. But the hope is to increase both those above the proposal from the governor. Another issue is whether the Iowa legislature will take any action regarding the use of eminent domain and carbon pipeline projects, such as Summit Carbon Solutions proposed Midwest Express pipeline that would go through Pottawatomie County and, of course, other counties in our region. The Iowa Utilities Board has yet to rule on uh, Summit's application. What are you hearing about any sort of legislation concerning eminent domain as it pertains to the carbon pipeline projects? Well, there were uh, people up at the Capitol last week uh, talking about that very issue from the affected counties. The House last year passed a bill uh, pretty uh, strongly. I believe it had 72 votes. That would basically say you cannot use eminent domain until you have 90% of the landowners being willing willing to sign an agreement. And after 90%, then, then eminent domain could kick in. Uh, that bill hasn't even had a hearing in the Senate. I'm not hearing that the Senate is going to move on that. Uh, that. That could happen. But the answer to your question is uh, something that uh, makes a pretty significant change to that policy was passed by the House and so far, the Senate has refused to take it up. And even that, though, it's at 90 percent. Uh, the people that are affected, a lot of them are still very upset with that bill because they think it should be 100 percent or, or you shouldn't be able to use eminent domain. So uh, we'll wait and see. But that one is in the Senate's, uh, in the Senate and, and waiting for action by them. We're talking with Brent Seacrest, state representative on the morning line on KMA. Of course, one of uh, Governor Reynolds' big proposals earlier this month in their condition to the state speech was to change Iowa's income tax rate and to lower that to a kind of a flat rate in a couple of years. Where do her tax proposals stand right now? What sort of feedback are you hearing about that? Well, uh, obviously, I think we uh, all conceptually and philosophically agree that we need to continue to move our income tax down. 
Uh, we are scheduled and we passed legislation to move us to 3.9% flat rate, which would put us about fourth in the nation. Uh, two years from now, kind of gradually phase it in. She wants to accelerate that to actually being retroactive to the beginning of this month, January 1, 24. Uh, we're looking at the numbers. Our, our concern is simply this, is that's great. We want to do it, but we want to make sure the numbers work, not just this year, but five or six years down the road which is the way particularly the House has always done their business with tax cuts, make sure whatever you're doing doesn't turn your budget upside down and, you know, five or six years out. So uh, we think we might be able to do that or at least speed up that implementation of the 3.9% by a year. Uh, her proposal to take it down to 3.65 and 3.5 uh, faces resistance simply because uh, there's a significant worry that uh, those numbers – the, the budget doesn't work five years down the line. We, we get upside down, and, uh, and we'll have trouble funding our priorities. So we're looking at doing it, but only once we're convinced that um, the budget numbers and the budget will be in good shape five years from now. So that, that isn't moving yet, but it's getting a lot of discussion. Well, Brent, we thank you very much for being with us this morning, and uh, we hope you have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, somewhere down the line in this legislative session. Have a good rest of the day and enjoy your weekend. I hope to, and maybe the sun will come out. That's State Representative Brent Seacrest on The Morning Line on KMA.